This is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Brian Andrew. I'm here with my co-host, Stephen Galindo. There's been a lot of football news this week, hasn't there? There definitely has, and not all of it good for me. Um, Let's start off with Jonathan Taylor, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I was thrown sideways when I saw the exchange or the uh, cryptid text messages by owner you know jim ursay um basically just saying like hey whether you're here or not we're gonna move forward without you we don't need you basically um you know and i saw saw two pretty funny tweets the first one was a a picture of a baton and it's like uh worst owners in the nba in the nfl i mean and it's uh dan snyder passing his (laughs) to ursay on the court (laughs) i saw that meme yes Yes and, and, yes, and then another tweet I saw was um, Jonathan Taylor's like uh, the man, uh, Jonathan Jonathan I don't I forgot who the tweet was so yeah but it's like Jonathan Taylor asked for trade uh, the Colts owner uh, no you're too valuable uh, then and then it's like then tra- then give me my value and money and it's like uh, no either <laughs> so <it's> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah so like it's it's not looking good um, for Jonathan Taylor but um, and I have him in my dynasty he was my first pick. In the, in the dynasty league that we we are in, you know, we had our draft last year, our first draft. So, how concerned really are you? Because I feel like every off season, though, there is stories of disgruntled players. And I'm not as, and, and it usually gets settled by like week one. I'm not as worried about Jonathan Taylor as I would be with like Josh Jacobs, because mm-hmm. I feel like for him, he's really like adamant and i feel like he would miss games you know josh jacobs i don't think jonathan taylor is going to miss games i think they'll get it resolved and uh he'll be out there you know he's going to be at camp prior to preseason but you know he's he's going to be back like to to good terms with everybody by the the middle of the preseason the only difference i feel like this offseason i feel i feel like there's this running back unity that's taking over the NFL of players that are like, no, I'm actually worth more. And they're having other running backs kind of have their back. It's, except for like Saquon Barkley was like, no, nah, I'll just take the same amount of money, but with a couple more incentives. <laughs> but, but the, the, the thing is, the thing is they have no leverage, you know, you're, like you're right. Like nobody's going to say, Oh yeah. Like we really, really need you. Like they'll let you, you know, they'll let you do what you got to do. But yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot what I, where I read this too, but it said something on the lines of like, if John, if Jonathan Taylor really wanted to sit out the season, then his contract just rolls over to next season. So it's not like, he, yeah, because he's 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 still under contract. It's not like he's franchise tagged or yeah, you know, any of that stuff. So, but they they did threaten, and I I'd say threaten because when you read it, it feels like a threat that they were going to put him on the NFI list with a non football injury meaning that they don't have to pay him. And mm-hmm. that would just seem like a very uh, jerkish thing to do. you know. And again, that's where the meme of Dan Snyder passing the baton you know, to Ursay um, you know, comes in. But If you have a, a rookie quarterback who you're obviously not paying like Aaron Rodgers-esque money, you're not paying him Patrick Mahomes money, you haven't figured out if they're a franchise quarterback yet, you still have like Michael Pittman who... It's not necessarily like an elite receiver. You're playing. You're paying re- like elite money to 
I think you could afford to pay your running back. And even if it doesn't pay off in a couple years or something like that, by then you can make the decision what you want to do with Jonathan Taylor and then pay some of these young guys they have. I feel yeah. like this is the perfect situation where you would pay a running back. I understand in other circumstances you may not, but this is the situation where I feel like you would. Well, like, okay, so obviously they have nobody else beyond, you know, JT. They had Zach Moss who just broke his arm. So he's going to be mm-hmm. out for, you know, six to eight weeks. And then they have Dion Jackson who uh, he did, you know, fairly well in the, uh, in the absence of Jonathan Taylor last season, but he wasn't like other than the first game or one or two games that he, you know, filled in, he wasn't um, elite or, you know, he wasn't uh, filling, I would say personally filling those shoes of Jonathan Taylor, but you still have running backs in the free, you know, in the free agent market, specifically Kareem Hunt is still out there. Mm-hmm. I know Zeke just visited the Patriots, but he's out there. Um, these are just some guys I think that would uh, fit into the Colts offense. Um, at least that would help the you know rookie quarterback a little bit. Um, but other than that, I mean, like. Jonathan Taylor, like it's it's a big hit if he if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't show up. Yeah, and based on how this is going, I do think I wouldn't be surprised if he does show up and then he just walks after next season. He's going to be making about five and a half million dollars. That's currently less, and I'm going to double check this right now than Anthony Richardson. Yeah, uh, but they could franchise franchise tag him, right? I believe he could, but you'd have to sign that, right? Right, but then he'd be back in the same spot. <laughs> so yeah, well then uh, they gotta the... they gotta figure it out, uh, or mm-hmm. else it's just gonna be a revolving you know carousel here every season of uh you know more money, more money. So right, I wouldn't be surprised by the ne- by the time they do the next CBA that the franchise tag thing is gone. It should be reworked. Mm-hmm. You know, it makes sense, I guess, though, right? Because they're getting they're getting paid the is it the average of the the salary of that position for like the three highest which is like it's good and then it's bad because obviously like since it's not high (laughs) your average isn't going to be high but the um, the only thing is like certain players are trying to like figure out like the rest of their careers and you and these one year contracts are not really helping them do that you're trying you're trying to you're trying to lock down as much money as you can even like it's a it's smart for a player to even know like by the time you're 30, you're probably retired. So when you're 26, you're trying to lock down a four-year deal. So you're getting paid when you're 30 still. Right. <laughs> I understand these front offices don't. I understand. But yeah. And fully guaranteed. Obviously, you want more mm-hmm. fully guaranteed money. But um, uh, speaking of other running backs, Delvin Cook, do you think he's going to find a team pretty soon? Well, he just visited the Jets. Mm-hmm. And uh, videos, you know, circulating on Twitter show that Jets fans were chanting Delvin Cook's name, but uh, the people in New York can't even recognize Delvin Cook in a deli. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's where he's going to sign. But um, you know, if you're if you're reading the uh, ripples in the water, uh, obviously Aaron Rodgers just restructured his contract, so there's more money there. So. I wouldn't be surprised if he does go to the Jets. Is this bad for Brees Hall? I think so. 
I think it's going to be hard to lock down Brees Hall as one of those, uh, you know, second and a second, you know, third round running back picks, um, especially with Dalvin Cook there because, you know, Dalvin Cook uh, is pretty, pretty talented. Let me ask you, because there's there's a couple of ways I want to go about this that have nothing really to do with Dalvin Cook himself, but just general footballness. If he was still on the Vikings, would he be a top two round pick? Yeah, he would go at the end of the first round. End of first round, you know, beginning of second round. Him on the Jets. In my opinion. Him on the Jets. Would he be a top two round pick? No, I think he's more in the third or fourth round. Is it because of the scenery kind of situation? No, it's because he's got to split the load with uh, Brees Hall, you know, like in, in, Minnesota, he was, you know, the the main running back. Sure, you had Alexander Madison, but he would just come in, you know, and and relieve him, you know, for for a break. But I don't think Brees Hall, you know, is gonna <laughs> he he can hold his own. I think he's not gonna just come in there to give him a break, you know. Obviously, so, he's coming off an a- ACL injury, but I mean, you know, by by a few games in, you know, he should be kind of good, you know, getting going. So on paper, who would be the RB one in the depth chart? It's uh, it's one A, one B. But who who's one A? Like for example, like we've seen teams, and there's always a one A. Delvin. I would say if Delvin Cook signed, it would be Delvin Cook right now at this moment because he's healthy, okay, healthier, right? Because obviously he deals with his own injuries throughout the season. So I would say at the beginning it'd be Delvin Cook, but once I think Brees Hall gets back kind of into rhythm, I think it's going to, you know, kind of change there a little bit. Delvin Cook always gets like a sore hammy at some point in the season. So a sore hammy, a messed up shoulder, like something. Okay. Cause I've seen team, I've seen running backs before to change teams and not be very productive. And I don't know what it is. Like Delvin Cook, you can make the case is still relatively in his prime. But there's teams like Le'Veon Bell. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised when Zeke finds a new team. He's not as good. James Conner originally, but James Conner seems to be doing a lot better now. Uh, but there, I just feel like when when running backs change teams, it's not like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. I think it would be similar to the Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt esque backfield you know in cleveland the last few years that's what i think it would be and the jets aren't like the Le'Veon bell jets okay. you know i think they're eons further than where that team was todd Gurley going so. to the falcons stuff like that like when team when, when players leave it's not always greener on the other side right no i i agree you know it's a hit or miss but i think dalvin cook is talented enough to okay. still have some gas in the tank. And I think the Jets uh, revamped offense is going, you know, would be able to sustain that. Fair. Melvin Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, I mean, yeah, you could keep going, but. I, I, I'm I'm just saying out of but Delvin all. Cook, here's the thing. Here's the difference. All, okay. Here's the difference. Go for it. And, and you can look this up and because I, I didn't, you know, research this. But as you're saying these names, age is the difference. He's 27. Yeah, you found it before I did. Delvin Cook is 27 years old. He's oh, he's going to be 28 because his birthday is in August, in actually like a week. So shout out to Delvin Cook if you're listening. Happy birthday! Um, 
Isn't I'm, that, I'm gonna, isn't that you know, a regression age for running backs? That's when the regression, the regression is supposed to, you know, begin. But um, like I said, I think he's too talented. I don't, other than, you know, those, you know, those minor injuries, the shoulder, the hammy every, you know, you know, misses a couple games every year. Like you're going to get a solid, you know, 14 games out of him, you know? So I, I would put, I'd put it to you like this though. I would still take Dalvin Cook probably over half the starting running backs in this league. But I'm also hesitant to take him over what we already consider our established first two rounds of running backs. I think like, I think I think that. with the Jonathan Taylor issue and not knowing where that's gonna be, like if the season started like in two weeks or a week from now, like I would probably get Delvin Cook on the Jets over Jonathan Taylor. That's fair. I would say, so yeah, some people are drafting right now, and I know there's some dynasty drafts, and I know some people are drafting a little early. But most redraft leagues are a week beforehand. I think a week beforehand we'll have a clearer picture on the Jonathan Taylor thing and the Delvin Cook thing and how that affects uh, Hall as well. Yeah, I mean, I still, yeah, Jonathan or Jonathan Taylor. Delvin Cook is, you know, a, a third-round pick fourth round latest you know no matter where he goes That's in my fair. opinion whether he goes to the jets he goes if he goes to the dolphins gosh even better i think he's an early third round pick so so you, you would know, take him second over, round pick you would take him over Brees hall right now if they were both on the jets mm-hmm. yes you would you take him only over because Ste- only because Brees hall is coming off an acl injury would you take him over stevenson ramondre mm-hmm Yes. Derrick Henry? No. Uh, Tony Pollard? No. Okay. Uh, Josh Jacobs? If Let's just say Josh Jacobs is on the Raiders, signed, ready to go. A happy Josh Jacobs? He, mm-hmm. No, I wouldn't take him over a happy Josh Jacobs. Jamar Gibbs? Jameer? Gibbs? See, we, we haven't gotten to, the, uh, to that division yet, uh, the NFC North. Mm-hmm. But I would take Jamar Gibbs over the Del- Delvin Cook, and then the last one or the last two. I'm going to ask uh, Najee Harris. Yes, I would take Delvin Cook. All right, would you take Delvin Cook over Joe Mixon? Yes, I would. All right, that's a good transition into the AFC North. Unless you have any other news you want to go over before we do that. Well, since we're transitioning into the AFC North. Uh, this isn't, you know, well, this is actually important news. We kind of talked about in the pre, you know, the pre-show here, the, the calf strain that Joe Burrow obtained or, you know, uh, I said obtained, like came to him, but the calf strain that Joe Burrow, you know, is dealing with right now is obviously sidelining him for a few weeks leading up to the preseason. He's probably not going to play in the preseason. If anything, he might play in the third or, or last preseason game, a, a series or whatnot. Mm-hmm. But you and I were discussing whether Joe Burrow is dropping an ADP or if he's kind of staying around the same. And I think, and I think most people would say that he's still, you know, given the information we have, that it's not too serious, that he's going to be ready to go by the season that his ADP is still staying around the same and you are saying that his ADP is dropping. So I want to hear 
why that is. Okay, first, I want to ask before I sound like an idiot. Has there been any other news that said that it's not more more or less than several weeks? No, there's just oh. it just right now it's several okay. weeks. So there's 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 levels to this. <laughs> if it's a grade if it's a grade 1, which we haven't heard what grade of a sprain this is. Is it a strain or a sprain? It's a strain, right? It's a strain. Yeah. Grade 1 maybe a day to day to week maybe a couple of weeks at the most two means severalish weeks but it's probably on the sooner side where we're all probably hoping it is grade 3 would be it's several weeks to months so we're in that based on the time frame it's either grade 2 or grade 3 which is still several weeks now mm-hmm. we are approximately a month or so away until the season starts, which, you know, four weeks could count as several weeks. I'm not going to rule that out. But if he is not looking ready for week one, there is no way people are picking him above most of these quarterbacks. No way. Everyone's going to take the sure thing over taking Joe Burrow. Right. But you're jumping ahead weeks here. We're, I'm saying, and, and this is the reports that are out right now, that he is going to be fine and that he's going to be ready for week one. Ready for week one. Okay, I'm going to say this right now. We've, we, I've, I've seen a lot of basketball players have calf strains. I've seen a lot of football players have calf strains. This is basically the, <laughs> the gateway drug to an Achilles tears. They're not going to risk an Achilles tear with Joe Burrow. They're not going to risk an entire season with their franchise quarterback. They're going to wait as long as they can. I week don't want. So if he's ready for week one, he's ready for week one. Great. But would you rather have a healthy Justin Herbert, a healthy Trevor Lawrence, or would you rather draft Joe Burrow a week before the season starts with a calf strain that could be re-aggravated at any time? Here's the kicker. Even if Joe Burrow was 100% healthy, I wouldn't draft him. <laughs> and it's so, not. <laughs> so so we're going this, back and forth on this. No, but this is funny because in the pre-show, uh, you know, pulling the curtain or uh, breaking the fourth wall, whatever. Uh, I was like, <laughs> you were making your case on like why Joe Burrow's ADP wouldn't fall. And then you're like, yeah, but I still want to take him. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and it's not because he's a Bengal, right? Because the Chiefs and the Bengals rival- rivalry. But it's that I think you can you can still get a quarterback that will give you similar production in, in in the later pick. So you can instead of you know using that pick in the you know fourth round on Joe Burrow right now his ADP is uh, forty eight. Mm-hmm. So that's you know fourth round territory, end of the third, beginning of the fourth. I think you can get some other value at a different position rather than go after Joe Burrow. For instance. I would grab Calvin Ridley in the fourth round. All right. You know, Jimmy Gibbs in the fourth round. If he falls, you know, to the fourth round. And like you said, I agree with you. You could get a healthy Justin Herbert. You can get Lamar Jackson, Justin Fields, kind of in the similar. uh, Well, actually, Lamar Jackson's going a little bit above because Joe Burrow did drop a little bit. But you can get Justin Fields after Joe Burrow, who has – so much more upside, obviously, because he rushes. 
You can get Trevor Lawrence. Here's a dark horse this year that I think is actually going to be in the top five. Deshaun mm-hmm. Watson. You know, we'll talk about him later. But you can you can pick him up, you know, in, in the fifth, end of the fifth, you know, to sixth round. So I think there's a little more value. When I say value, I'm not saying that the player is better than Joe Burrow, but where you're drafting the player and what you're going to get out of the player is, you know, like I said, in a sense, it's more value. So that's why I wouldn't take Joe Burrow. <laughs> I, uh, uh, if Joe Burrow is not taking training camp snaps, he is not going QB5 in most drafts. If he takes a training camp snap, if he is at least out of a boot, maybe, if he is for sure, for sure penciled in to be the number one starter week one, then yeah, in some drafts, he's going to go as QB5. I'm saying as long as he's questionable when the draft happens, no person in the right mind should take him QB5. Unless, I know there's a lot of Bengals homers out there maybe in Cincinnati who might just be like, I want my guy and I'll figure it out later. Or if you're like, you know what, I'm going to take Joe Burrow as my QB5 and if he comes back healthy at some point, I'm going to have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and I'll just take one of these like, you know, QB 12s, QB 14s to ride the wave and hopefully I survive the wave kind of thing. Outside of that, it's not a safe pick. And it's such, it, it was uh, a non-contact injury. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I, I'm not trying to be a, uh, what is it like uh, a doomsday? A yeah. Doomsday <laughs> fancy person. But like, and the funny thing is like, if Joe Burrow's available, I'm, I'm not, I'm making, I was making the case in my head today. I was at work. I was walking. I was like, all right, when would I take Joe Burrow? And I was like, well, if it gets to about QB eight or nine and I'm not loving my options, then yeah, maybe I'll take Joe Burrow and just be like, yeah, but I'm not taking Joe Burrow probably QB seven at this point. And even before, like you said, going to your point, it was, it was maybe better to take a Trevor Lawrence, Justin, a Justin Fields or some of these other quarterbacks, a Justin Herbert anyway. Right. (laughs) So even if he was healthy, but now that he's injured, his ADP is, dropping considerably and i think he's a maybe qb8 qb9 if you're drafting later this month hey if you can get him in the what if he falls to you in the fifth round let's say you're like middle to back end of the the fifth round has the most of the league already taken their quarterbacks yeah like let's say that let's say i'm not i'm not top three are gone already the top three are gone right hurts allen mahomes is gone you got Lamar Jackson available. You got Joe Burrow. You got Justin Herbert, Justin Fields, and I, I, Trevor I Lawrence. No. Even if he fell to you at the end of the fifth. End of the fifth. Beginning of the sixth round. Only three quarterbacks are off the board? Yeah. No. More quarterbacks would have to be off the board. I, w- okay. I, w- I would say the next tier of quarterbacks have to be off the board. Yeah, like, I guess it's going to really fall on, on the drafter, you know, the drafters preference um you know because that that's our take on joe burrow i don't think we need to really dive in anymore on him yeah, like like he's fine he's a good quarterback he's kind of into in, in my opinion like he's the person you he's would a good go, real life quarterback you'd go side and you'd go side and side like all right all the running quarterbacks are off the board justin fields is probably the last ranked 
running quarterback necessarily. Like I'm not counting Anthony Richardson yet, you know, because he's a rookie. But in terms of established running quarterbacks, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, uh, and then uh, I know I'm forgetting one off the top of my head right now. <laughs> oh, Jalen Hurts. Then it would probably be Justin Fields, right, in terms of running quarterbacks. Then the rest mm-hmm. of them are, you know, pocket to out-of-the-pocket quarterbacks. Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert are kind of in that same range of quarterback, and it's basically at that point it's a preference. And Joe Burrow has the better offense to work with, right? Like Jamar Chase's mm-hmm. stats are basically Joe Burrow given to him, right? So it's preference at that point. And I just feel like this calf injury just puts an exclamation mark on the preferencing. It's like now for sure Justin Herbert's a smarter pick if he goes into the draft questionable. Like it shouldn't even be a comparison situation. You you wouldn't compare the, the two to three players. You would just be like, oh, this one's healthy. This one's not. <laughs> and move on. And just to throw this out here, if you're looking for really good value, I would keep an eye on Kirk Cousins. The guy is just... Dis- disrespected in Mm. terms of ADP and after watching you know the quarterback series I have much more respect for Kirk Cousins and the Vikings team in general like I have a little more um, enthusiasm for them you know see them so you know like now that we're on the topic uh, someone else who was QB 10 last year who I think could repeat that is Jared Goff now we'll get it. Like I said, I think we're going to have a good time doing the NFC North when we get to it. But I think Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback either. And one little nugget out there, even though he didn't do well last year, is I think Russell Wilson is going to have a big bounce back year. Um, is he going to be a top 10 quarterback? I don't know. That's hard to say, but I think he's going to fall within the top 12, 15 range there, at least top 15. So there's nowhere else to go but up, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah. after last season. But moving on to the, you know, Cincinnati. Um, obviously, we just talked on Joe Burrow. You're taking Jamar Chase. If Joe Burrow is, you know, if we don't have any injury news or we're kind of where we're at now as we're getting closer to, you know, uh, redrafts or, dra- you know, drafts, um, Jamar Chase might fall to like the latter half of the first round. But he's still a first round pick either way. Yeah, I wouldn't get cute. Even, he's, he's still a first round pick. He might not be wide receiver two if Joe like okay, let me ask you this. If it's looking like training camp's over and Joe Burrow is supposed to come back but before week three or four, do you still take Jamar Chase in the top five picks? Yeah. If he comes back before, you know, week four, week five, I would yeah, I would still take him. Okay. But if it's like Joe Burrow might be out for half the year, no. Mm, I'd probably look for like a a stronger running back. Maybe Cooper Cup. I would take over him. Tyree Kill. So do you feel Jamar Chase is dependent on Joe Burrow to be at least as successful? Like how, how, where would you think? In a sense, in a sense, yes, but in a sense, no. But I mean, what is the depth at quarterback? You know, when you look at Cincinnati, like. Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking they have Trevor, Trevor S- Simeon. So <laughs> he's not, he's not throwing the ball 50 yards on the field. <laughs> I think, I think Jamar Chase is talented enough to still get his own. Um, 
if I knew Joe Burrow was missing half the season, I wouldn't waste, you know, I'm not saying waste, but I wouldn't pick Jamar Chase at the, if I had one of the first couple picks in the draft. I would spend that on a Christian McCaffrey, an Austin Eckler, a Bijan Robinson, a Cooper Cup, a Tyree Kill. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Maybe a Travis Kelsey, you know. But if Joe Burrow is only going to miss a few games to no games, you know, missed, then Jamar Chase is, you know, I think in, in that top three to four discussion still. I, I would say Joe Burrow is probably going to rush back. And I think when we're most likely doing most of our redraft, think, let's just say, you know, two two to one to two weeks before the season starts we're gonna have little to no knowledge of when joe burrow is officially gonna come back and we're all gonna assume he'll try to be back by week one so i would say if you're hesitant and you still want to get a wide receiver in the first round then i guess you said you get cooper cup tyreek hill kind of thing then maybe jamar chase drops a couple wide receivers but he's still a first round pick even if trevor Simeon's his quarterback for the entire season yeah. I mean, if anything, he might, like I said, drop to the end of the first round at most, the beginning of the second round, but I don't see him falling that that hard. What's Jamar Chase's worst case scenario? Let's just say Jabro doesn't play at all for whatever reason. What's Jamar Chase's worst case scenario ranking in wide receiver at the end of the season? Top 20. So, yeah, I'm thinking around wide receiver 15. Between, or so. between 11 to 20. Yeah. Like, I still think he's going to be good. He's still going to have big games. He's going to get a 30-point game at some point, but it's just he's just not going to be weekly as scary as he can be. Right. But obviously, you're not getting cute. You're still locking him in. Yeah. Like, I and, would... You know, you're playing him every week, so... There's a there's a certain tier. Like, uh, I'll, I'll go take a look at it. Uh, let's see here. Like, there's a certain tier of wide receivers... So let's just say there's no Joe Burrow. Would you take Jamar Chase over Diggs? Stephon Diggs mm-hmm. with no Joe Burrow? Are we talking yes no, Joe Burrow or no Joe Burrow? No Joe, no Joe Burrow. No, I'm taking Diggs over Chase. A.J. Brown? Yeah, I would take A.J. Brown. Like, how long is Joe Burrow out? That's the thing here. Give me, right, give me like a situation. Let's say week six he comes back. Yeah, I'm taking Diggs over. C.D. Lamb. Over Chase. C.D. Lamb. Ooh, that one's a tough one. Yes. Garrett Wilson. No. I'm on I'm, I'm on Ross A. Brown. No. Alright, so I would only, say only because only because Amon is a is like a first part of the second round. I, I would, you know, if anything, mm-hmm. I'd pick a running back, you know, a solid running back in the first round if I so, had. So a no, no Joe Burrow, or let's just say week six, he comes back. Your Jamar Jamar Chase is your wide receiver seven right now. Seven, yeah, seven eight. That makes sense, and that's still that still could be a first round pick or early second. I would still, if I was drafting and I had a late first round pick, I would probably just like take the flyer on him and hope for the best. Yeah, <laughs> you're gonna have to really hope. <laughs> Other weapons in this um, offense. I know we took a lot of time on Jamar Chase, but. Uh, T. Higgins is obviously, you know, uh, another top 20 running back. Um, and then you Tyler wide, Boyd. You mean wide receiver? I said running back. I know. <laughs> Here I am just stuck on running backs. T. Higgins is a top 20 uh, wide receiver with Joe Burrow healthy. Um, I mean, this is like, a, you know, a high, 
a high scoring offense. So I think Jamar Chase and T Higgins with Joe Burrow, you know, have that opportunity to be both top 20 wide receivers by the end of it with Jamar Chase being in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Um, so Higgins, you know, he is going to be, in my opinion, you know, a, a third, fourth round pick. Tyler Boyd, you can kind of wait on him a little bit, but he is, you know, if one of these guys gets hurt, mm-hmm. he, I think, automatically vaults his way up to, um, you know, that top 20 potential. So he's he a very a good stash. He's a very reliable wide receiver too. Like if you just have him on your roster and you need people, someone to fill in on bye weeks or even start for you because you have a very inconsistent flex spot or wide receiver spot, he's, he's, he's fine. He'll give you eight to 12 points every week. Yeah. And right now um, his current price tag, yeah, he actually, you know, with the Joe Burrow news, his ADP kind of fell, but uh, right now he's about pick 107, which is uh, like round what? eight. Yeah, that's not bad. So I mean, that's still pretty, still pretty good value there. I'm assuming. Um, then, I'm assuming all these offensive weapons will dip somewhat in ADP, but I would say T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and the gang are safe picks, no matter who's quarterback. Yep, and then, you know, now switching over to running back, obviously you still got Joe Mixon there. Um, I know he had some off-season troubles, but doesn't look like any suspensions are coming his way. So he definitely is a running back to uh, look at if you're doing uh, – if you're avoiding running back in the first round, um, maybe your late second round pick – he would be a good running back to look at. He's a good value, um, especially because I feel like um, based on his offseason stuff and his ADP is kind of dipped a little because we're not quite sure what's going to happen with that. But unless news comes out, I, I do believe like he's a good value where he's at. He, I think I saw him around 16. Uh, running back 16. Yeah, that's correct. Actually, he's running back 12. Oh, wow. All right. I and am, I, you know, the, they oh, revamped right. the offensive line. So obviously his line's going to be a little bit better. What was funny is last year you would see Joe Mixon just run his heart out for like three yards at a time. And then mm-hmm. he'd end the game with like 20 something fantasy points. But mm-hmm. He was only getting like carries of like three to four yards. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, again, like I said, I think he's a good value pick later, second round, beginning of third round. Um, kind of. Because uh, he's running back, like I said, he's running back 12. Kind of when you hit that Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones um, spot in the draft, you're kind of hitting that like that dead zone of where it's like, mm-hmm. do you want to take a running back or do you want to try to get a higher ceiling wide receiver? You know, might be a wide receiver too, but, you know, there's more upside there. So. That's kind of something to consider. He is the number one running back on the team, obviously. He's going to get his carries. You know, behind him are, um, tell me if you know these guys, Chris Evans. He's not fine. Captain America, but. <laughs> he's um, he's fine. And then Travion Williams. So not big names there. So um, obviously there is no uh, Samaj P. Ryan. He went over to the Broncos. So unless these guys sign, you know, a free agent running back, I think he's got that number one bell cow um, title to himself. So he could be sneaky value there in the the third round. 
Yeah, I agree. And then as far as tight ends go with the Bengals, I mean, they they traded for Irv Smith, and they have <laughs> Drew Sample, and then uh, Devin Asai, Asai, I can't pronounce his name, so. They got they traded uh, Hayden Hurst. We talked about him uh, when we talked about the well. Shoot, that episode's not coming out. I'm time stamping. Dang, I'm just like crashing and burning right now. <laughs> you're, reverse. You're good. <laughs> they got tight ends: Irv Smith, Drew Sample, and Devin Asaisi. That's a good try. Really hard to pronounce. That's a good try. You're doing better, you're doing better than I would. I would definitely um, shy away, you know, unless you're punting on the tight end position. I mean, Irv Smith, he was pretty solid in Minnesota before the Hawkinson trade, but I don't really see them throwing to the tight end too much. Um, I know we had high hopes for Hayden Hurst last year, but I don't really think, you know, that's that's a position that they uh, utilize in the passing game as much. I mean, when you have T. Higgins – Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, like there's no reason, right, to kind of mm-hmm. get to the. It was a decent streaming option, but yeah, outside of that, yeah, yeah well, he I, wasn't I, in the top twelve. He didn't end the season in the top twelve, so that kind of just tells you where their tight ends are. Are you ready to move on to the steel curtain? The steel curtain, yeah. Let's uh, let's make the transition here. I don't think. Okay, here's my take on it. Kenny Pickett isn't going to be a good fantasy quarterback this year. But he's going to be a good enough real quarterback that he's going to give value to the guys around him. Are you calling him a game manager? (laughs) I am definitely calling him a game manager this year. (laughs) Uh, They signed Allen Robinson. Which isn't bad. They have have Deontay Johnson, who last year kind of disappeared. Zero touchdowns last year for Deontay Johnson. Is that right? So... You know, regression to the mean, he's got to score one touchdown this year, right? Well, that's a good way of looking at it. You can, you can only, what did you say? You can only, you, you can only, anywhere. You can only go up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's nowhere else to go but up. And then you have George Pickens, who as a rookie, you know, flashed, you know, here and there. So are they going to be like a, an amazing high flying offense like the Bengals? No. But will they produce fantasy, you know, Good fantasy options, yes. Um, Deontay you know, Johnson, I think. To uh-huh. to to your point, I I, I think um, you know how some teams dominate like the first couple rounds, like we we're talking, like we we're talking about the Eagles, Dolphins, stuff like that. Yeah, I I could see the Steelers dominating like those mid to late rounds. Like the, the, those are the rounds where you're looking at some of these players and you're like. Yeah, I'll get. I'll take a flyer on this guy, or yeah, I'll see how Alan Robinson. Oh yeah, you know, like you're you're looking at like some of these players, and um, they have a really good tight end there, and you're you're like, oh, you know what? Like I punted on tight end, sure. You know, like I think the Steelers are those players. You might not see too many of them, maybe outside of Najee Harris. You're not going to see too many of them picked in the first four or five rounds, but then round six through ten, I think the whole roster, the whole offense is going to fly off the board. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And then just to throw this out there, when Kenny Pickett um, started, or, you know, the 11 games that he played, uh, his most targeted wide receiver was Deontay Johnson, who had 92 targets. And then the next person in line for targets was the tight end, Pat Fryermuth, mm-hmm. with 67 targets. 
So but, you can see that, you know, Deontay Johnson was targeted heavily. Like I said, it just, things weren't falling. I mean, the, the offense just didn't look that good last year, but they made the improvements over the off season. They improved their old line, you know, Pickett's I think going to have more time to throw the ball. I would say Deontay Johnson is a sneaky pick at his current value. Yeah, and I think you could uh, get Fryermuth uh, tight end and have a decent year. Fryermuth is a top ten tight end in my opinion. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue that one. Yeah, uh, Najee Harris, where do you, where do you see yourself picking him? Because he had a really good rookie campaign, had kind of an off second year, but he still showed some flashes that he could be elite. Uh, right now he's running back 13. His ADP has him 38, which is, uh, early third. Do you, would you pick him early third? Would you pick him higher? Would you pick him later? I wouldn't pick him at all. (laughs) This is another one of those. I wouldn't pick at all. I just don't see the value at his current ADP. There's better, there's better options in the same, you know, area. You have Jameer Gibbs, you have Travis Etienne, you have Joe Mixon, you know, uh, Brees Hall is kind of falling down to that to that area as well. I think those are guys that I would take over Najee Harris. Um, uh, let's, let's look at the tier behind that, like Miles Sanders, Cam Akers, Damian Pierce. Are are you? Would you pick any of those guys over Harris? Probably not. I'd probably pick Harris over them. Okay, so because Harris Harris is a guaranteed like every down back basically. And so, like, you know, you're kind of, that's where you're kind of, the dip is there. That's where the dip is. And so, I think Najee Harris is the last running back of that previous tier, you know, tier three that I would take before it drops significantly. Okay. Outside of that, I think the Steelers are, they are who they are. (laughs) So, do you want to move on (laughs) to the They are who we thought they were. (laughs) The Baltimore Ravens, I think they're going to be really fun to watch. Um, last year, you know, obviously Lamar Jackson got hurt, but um, Lamar Jackson, again, who I told you earlier, I would take him over Joe Burrow. He's currently ranked uh, QB4. I, uh, ADP is around 34. So that puts if, him late, uh, late second. Uh, my brain my brain can't work right now. Third? Yeah, that, mid that puts to late third? A, mid to late third. I think I said Najee Harris is early third, but that's late third, my bad. <laughs> If the other elite three quarterbacks are off the board and I feel like my first, you know, two picks were super solid, you know, and we discussed this in one of our earlier episodes, the third round is where we'll take, if we do take like a solid quarterback, you know, it's usually that third round pick. And I think that uh, if you're at the middle to end of the third round, and like I said, you have a two solid picks and you feel comfortable enough to take Lamar Jackson, I'm firing him up. I think Lamar Jackson has a chip on his shoulder. You know, he's he's in a new offensive system. He's got better wide receivers, probably the best wide receiver group he's had since he's been there. You know, uh, obviously there's the J.K. Dobbins situation, which we can get into right now. But mm-hmm. even even with that, they signed Melvin Gordon. Not saying that Melvin Gordon's going to be you know the <laughs> the savior, but I think you know he's and then not only that, but like he can rush himself. So like. There's nothing to lose there, you know, unless he gets I, hurt, you know, I think. I, I do feel like every year the Ravens try to add or f- adjust the wide receiver room. And every year we're like, oh, this wide receiver is going to stand out. 
and it just kind of doesn't happen too much. Like I would say the last one was Hollywood Brown that you're like, Oh yeah, I I could confidently have that wide receiver outside of that. I feel like they've been trying to find that explosive weapon and it just hasn't really happened. So I would still say Mark Andrews is still the for sure a receiving option that you'd want in Baltimore and Odell Beckham Jr. is someone you might take a flyer on at some point, but Lamar Jackson is the key player. Like if you're looking at anybody in the Ravens offense, you're looking at Lamar Jackson. And do you feel like just personally, like we, we talk about the big three, Mahomes, Hurts, and Allen. Do you feel like Jackson's getting slighted? Like, do you think he should be in the conversation with those four? Or do you feel like he's the beginning of the next tier? No, he's the beginning of the next tier. Can he catapult his way into that? Yeah, I think this year he could definitely do that. But as of right now, where we're at today, I think he's the start of that second tier of quarterbacks. All right. I think that's fair. I, I, I would consider him... If all three quarterbacks are off the board and I feel comfortable with the two skill players I got, I don't think I would hate using a third round pick on him, but I think I would prefer to wait till the fourth. But I don't know. It depends on the moment, how you're feeling, right? No, I agree. And then obviously their running back situation, J.K. Dobbins, they got Gus Edwards, they signed Melvin Gordon. Um, I know J.K. Dobbins is, I believe, on the PUP list right now. Mm-hmm. But it's supposedly contract-related. So, you know, obviously he's looking for some more money. He did do well down the stretch last year, you know, 2022. He did come back from that ACL injury from the previous year. So, obviously, it took him, you know, more than half the season to kind of get back into that form. But... If he is completely, like, let's say, you know, there's no issues, he's healthy, you know, all things are, are good on the contract end and he's ready to start the season. And, you know, it's you're, you're up right now in the fourth round, you know, mid to late fourth round, and you have to choose between Najee Harris and J.K. Dobbins. Who are you taking? Oh, Najee Harris. Really? Mm-hmm. Like, J.K. Uh, uh, Dobbins right. has had, in my opinion, the most imaginary ceiling out of all the running backs in the last few years. Like every year, it's supposed to be Dobbins. Every year, it's supposed to be Dobbins, and he's he, he's always hurt. We haven't seen it. I'd rather get the for sure thing and get Najee Harris. Like you, you know, know what, like, you know, you know what you're getting. That's what I was gonna say. You know what you're getting with Najee Harris. Like Dobbins could probably get as many points in one week as Harris gets in three, but I know for sure Harris is gonna at least try to get me ten plus points every week. Whereas Dobbins might be out for six weeks for whatever reason. I think the case can be made too that, like we we said, that Harris is a three down running back. Mm-hmm. He's going to get those early down runs. You know, his quarterback isn't a mobile, you know, dual threat quarterback as, you know, Lamar Jackson is. So he's going to get those touches. And he doesn't really have anybody else in that backfield that he's going to have to fight for touches with. So 
No, I would agree with you. And, and plus to throw it out there too, like if the if the Steelers are third and goal, there's a decent chance Harris might get the one yard rush for a touchdown or something like that. Whereas the Baltimore is going to come up with a crazy uh, scheme and Jackson's going to vulture or it's going to end up in Mark Andrews's hands kind of thing. Like I think Harris is more likely to get red zone touchdowns. Now there's probably a stat out there that proves it wrong, but that's just my regular football theory thinking. Yeah, no, I agree. And then obviously, you know, you have Mark Andrews who, is coming off the board, you know, as early as, you know, the second round, mid to late second round, early third round. Mm -hmm. Uh, Again, it all depends on how your first two picks, you know, or first pick goes. You want a hot take? Uh, I don't don't even know if this is hot, but I'm going to say it. (laughs) If you can't get Travis Kelsey, then just don't even try to get any of the other tight ends until later in the draft. I'd rather get a better running back in my second or third round. I'd rather get a better tight end. I mean, not to know that. I mean, I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather get a, a better wide receiver. I might, I'd rather try to get a top five quarterback than try to get the top three or four tight ends. That's just the way I, after think. Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Like if Travis Kelsey's there, you, you take Travis Kelsey. He's in one of the best offenses in the world and he's the best receiver in it. Mark Andrews is really good. I'm not saying don't take Mark Andrews, but what I'm personally for me is like, if you can't get Travis Kelsey, I'd rather wait on tight end, let other people get Mark Andrews, let other people get some of these tight ends. And then I maybe get like Friar Muth or something later in the draft, something like that, you know, off the top of your head. Can you give people three alternatives at tight end, you know, that are better value Instead of reaching for Mark Andrews, that mid second, you know, early uh, third. You said one already, Pat Fryermuth. Pat Fryermuth, I think he's like a tight end nine or ten or something. I would say Evan Ingram on Jacksonville. He's around eight or so. And maybe Darren Waller on the Giants, who's the only like good <laughs> received an option in our opinion there. And uh, on another one, too, I don't know, this might be a reach, but uh, Dalton Kincaid apparently is looking really good in training camp, and he's on one of the other better offenses in the league. What about your favorite, Kyle Pitts? Yeah, I think that's a better value. Because Kyle Pitts, let me look it up real quick. Is he, he's, his, his ADP is he's 69. Like falling to the, yeah, he's falling to like the fifth, fifth, sixth round. Yeah, I'd rather take Kyle Pitts in the fifth, sixth round than take Mark Andrews in the second. So, this last team. This last team here. We both like them. I think it's going to be it's, it's gonna be my favorite team from this division this year. Um, obviously, they haven't been really solid in real life football over the past, you know, who knows how many seasons. But I think this is the season where they turn it around. And I'm going to give you a hot take before we even get started with players. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the Cleveland Browns, Cleveland Browns, the dog pound, is going to take this division this year. I love it. I really think that they're... And it's not like they're going to run away with the division. It's going to be a hard-fought division, but... I think when the smoke clears, 
the Cleveland Browns are going to come out as first in this division. They probably. And you ha- want to hear that? You want to hear something surprising? Let me tell you something surprising too. All right, go for it. The Bengals aren't going to be the second place team. Oh, you think Bengals are coming in third? I think the Bengals come in third. Imagine if I went even crazier and I said, no, they're not coming in third. Like, <laughs> no, but <laughs> it's going to be the Browns, the Ravens, mm. the Bengals, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers. I would certainly give you that if Burrow misses time at all. Even if it's later in the year, like he re-aggravates his calf and then he's out for a month. Like it doesn't have to happen at the beginning of the year. I I certainly give you that. I have the Browns, Bengals, Ravens, and Steelers. And out outside of the Bengals, I would say the Browns have the best receivers in the division. I would agree with you. They have Amari Cooper, who's uh, projected to go around maybe third round. And you have Elijah Moore, who I think is an absolute steal at ADP 86 right now. An absolute steal. I think Elijah Moore has looked pretty damn good with Zach Wilson at quarterback. I'm not talking necessarily fantasy. He's just looked really good. Like He was on pace to be wide receiver one there. But obviously, you know, Garrett Wilson came to town and was that guy. And the and the quarterback situation changed. Yeah. So I would but I would say Elijah Moore is gonna he 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 might outperform Amari Cooper this year. Uh, I think I don't know if that's hot or not. But that's the, a pretty hot take. The wide receiver one on the Browns would be Elijah Moore. Dang, that is a hot take. Thank you. I appreciate it. The hotter the <laughs> The, the hotter, hotter the better. The hotter they are, the more listeners we lose. I know. I know the audience can't see it right now, but your your screen started to fog up of how hot that take was. <laughs> but I agree with you. I think uh, Elijah Moore is going to be a value, a steal at his current ADP. Um, and I think you know, surprisingly, like, don't forget, like Deshaun Watson was like the top quarterback a couple years ago. With the Texans, I know he—he's you know—he was suspended and he's—he's he's been away, but you know reports say that he's lost weight. He's looking a little more like his old self. Obviously, this is all training to uh, training camp talk, mm-hmm. but I think even Deshaun Watson is going to be a value at his current ADP. Uh, he is going as the quarterback nine. And I, w- I think he has. I would certainly pick him higher than that. Yeah, he's going at pick 83, which is, you know, 7th, 8th round. And I think he has the potential to be a top 5 quarterback, fantasy-wise. If Joe Burrow is not healthy by week 1, I'm taking Watson over Joe Burrow. (laughs) Were you even going to take Joe Burrow in the first place? (laughs) I would have. I think if the top 4 were taken off the board, I might take Justin Fields because of his running ability, but then I would have probably taken Joe Burrow over Herbert Lawrence in gang. But Deshaun Watson, I would have thought about it, but then I would have like that might be too high for Watson, whereas I know for a fact Joe Burrow is the guy, you know, but with his injury right now, I would say Watson over Burrow. Like I don't know, I don't know, maybe I'm full of it, but I I I don't mean to keep going back to this, but 
just being real about it, like a calf strain needs to be taken serious. <laughs> like even if he's ready to go week one, that's not mean he's going to get through the season. And I'm not trying to be mean and I'm trying to be like, I'm not wishing injuries on anybody. I seen Kevin Durant do a dance in the playoffs on a calf strain and then tears Achilles and he missed an entire NBA season. <laughs> so, so let's, let's, <laughs> let's, I, I'm just saying like, I would take a Deshaun Watson. Yeah. You don't have to like the guy, but how many players who you don't like you take in fantasy football, right? I would take Deshaun Watson over Joe Burrow if Joe Burrow is not ready for week one. I, I, I would agree with you. Um, you know, if you look back, Deshaun Watson, that season that he was really, really good, uh, he had DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. And I think he has not the same skill set, but he has two talented wide receivers in Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. And then to to put the icing on the cake, he has the incredible Nick Chubb. You know, he's Cleveland, Ohio's Batman. Like, Nick Chubb is, I think he's also similar to Kirk Cousins. Like, he still goes, you know, early, but I think he's disrespected in his ADP. You, you know, know he, I, he, and I'll admit, I disrespect him a lot. I, I've had him more. <laughs> Don't let him hear that. <laughs> I've, heard, I've had him <laughs> multiple seasons. And maybe I'm a little too in the know of how his how he's performing every week. But if you look, if you take a step back, sit in the 300 section of your stadium, and watch Nick Chubb play, he's always one of the top running backs. It just doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like it every, and maybe that's because of the cream hunt effect that we've had. But I've been I've been someone who disrespects him too, and. I've thought about it and I probably even disrespected him at so far this season on this, on this podcast. But as of right now, I'm saying like, I'm not going to disrespect him. I do think he's, I would take him over Barkley. I would, I may or may not take him over, but I'll certainly take him over Taylor, Henry Stevenson and gang. You know, I would, to me, it's a little 50 50 with Robinson. You know, I think Robinson has the effect of like, I've never seen him play before. So you don't know what you're getting. And sometimes that's a little bit more appealing. Like, like Robinson doesn't have a floor. He only has a ceiling. Right. So, um, but yeah, I've been disrespecting him and I want to, I want to own up to that. I want to own up that I've been, I'm going to say wrong about Nick Chubb. And let's not forget here, you know, yes, Deshaun Watson is a dual threat quarterback, similar to, you know, Hertz and Lamar Jackson and Justin Fields. But I think out of all those quarterbacks, I think he throws the ball the best. Mm-hmm. I think he has the best arm out of those quarterbacks. And so not only can he get you rushing yards, but he can also, you know, throw the ball, throw the football. It, it's been and a like couple said, it's, it's been a couple seasons too since we've seen Deshaun Watson. Like I know he played a little last year, but like I'm not going to really count that against him. So, it's been a couple seasons. Do you feel like he's fresher? and could still give you the rushing ability, or do you feel like he's an older quarterback now and he's not going to give you the same rushing ability? I think that's the, I, I think, don't I think that's the um I don't know what I'm trying to think of right now, but that that's that's I think the reason why he's QB nine is because we're not quite sure what kind of rushing quarterback he'll be. I, I I still think those other guys are probably better at rushing the ball than he's going to be because um, of their age and their their skill. Mm-hmm. You know, but like I said, Deshaun Watch- Watson is an actual like 
pretty good quarterback when it comes to throwing the ball. So I think that's where he has the upper hand over these guys, and that's why I think he can be a sneaky top five quarterback by the end of the season. Absolutely. I'm 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 intrigued by this offense, and I'm I I'm more excited for it than the Bengals offense. Maybe it's because we've already seen the Bengals offense, kind of. But I'm intrigued because I feel like the talent's there. Now we've probably been saying that for a half decade now that the Cleveland Browns have the talent, <laughs> but 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 I'm I'm I want to see it. I I think Amari Cooper is going to be really good. I think Elijah Moore is going to be really good. I don't think you can go wrong with either one. I may, maybe I'm too high on Moore. Nick Chubb, top five running back. Deshaun Watson, possibly a top five quarterback. This may be one of the best offenses in the league by the end of the season. And then on top of that, I know I said you already put the cherry on top of the cake, but the now, icing on top of the cake. But now to put an ice cream scoop on top of that cake, you have oh. David and Joku mm-hmm. as their tight end. And he he, you know, he's very athletic and talented. You know, I think he just didn't have the quarterback play prior to Watson. So I mean they they are they are a talented team and then let you know we don't even need to talk about defense because you know that's not too relevant in fantasy but their defense is good. Oh yeah, absolutely. And if you want to talk about defense, you know Miles Garrett and Gang, you know like you you're going to find some good IDP players there if you want to. Any any other hot takes before we sign off here? I feel like I had some, but I think we got some pretty spicy ones while we were talking about this division, especially with the Browns and stuff. Yeah. Brian, can you let the people know where they can find us on social media? You can find us on Twitter at OTFantasyFball. And you can find our podcast wherever you find your podcast, whether it's Apple, Spotify. If you're on some weird random podcast site, guess what? We're probably there. There you go. Yes, and please share, like, subscribe, review. This helps the algorithm when people are looking us up or just looking for a fantasy football podcast. Um, it helps us you know, pop up on that search bar. So uh, take a minute and say a very nice thing about Brian and, and myself and our, our hot takes. You know, Ray, Obviously, as we get into the... Oh, sorry, I didn't ahead. mean to interrupt you, but I was going to say, if you ever wanted to ask us a question on Twitter, even it, like you don't have to ask us a question as in like you're trying to get like advice. If you just want to have a chat about fantasy football, hit us up on Twitter and we'll have a little thread going. Sorry, you just took... You totally like screwed up my thoughts. So, <laughs> um, you can take that out. It's fine. No, no, I think that's great because I think people should interact with us on Twitter. Um, you know, we're looking to to transfer to the other uh, social media realms, but right now Twitter is kind of the. Or I'm sorry, I don't know if it's Twitter anymore. It might be just X now. I, right? I don't know. Yeah, you're right. So <laughs> you can follow us on X at OT um, Fantasy F Ball. <laughs> at OT Fantasy F Ball, yeah. Um, as always, this is the OT Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Stephen. With me is Brian. We're not fortune tellers. But we're fortunate enough to bring you this awesome game of fantasy football. We'll see you on the next one.